I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. As we know, we are no longer thinking of post-COVID. It's all about a COVID world. Most of our assumptions about our customers are changed. Our understanding of our customers is changed. In short, our value chains, which some call as fulfillment chains, are mutating. Peter Drucker said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. This has never been more relevant. With these three thoughts, and I'm sure that there will be many more thoughts and more significant thoughts, I invite my colleague, Deborshi Chaki, to introduce the thought leaders of today. Over to you, Deborshi. Um, thank you, Vinay. Joining us live this evening are some of India's best-known names from the e-commerce industry, each one of them an expert in their own right. In the panel we have today, Mr. Hari Menon, co-founder and CEO of Big Basket, one of India's largest online grocery platforms. We have Mr. Mohit Tandon, co-founder of Delivery, again, one of India's largest e-commerce focused logistic players. Ms. Meena Ganesh, CEO and MD of Portia Medical, which is also founded and backed many well-known e-commerce ventures, among other, other businesses that she has founded. And Mr. Amar Nagram, who is the CEO of Mintra, one of India's leading online fashion stores. But before we go to a stellar panel today, let us first listen to Amit Agarwal, who is the country head of Amazon India, who spoke to us exclusively on the pivots which are at play as part of Amazon's India strategy in these challenging times. Hi, Amit. Welcome to Mint's Pivot or Parish campaign, which looks at how India Inc. is rethinking itself. Our focus today is e-commerce, and with me is my co-host, Anil Padmanabhan. Let me start the session by asking you something that your boss, Jeff Bezos, keeps talking about. When something bad happens, let it define you, destroy you, or strengthen you. In many ways, it echoes Mint's Pivot or Perish campaign, which is you pivot, you perish, or you empower yourself. How would you look at it? in the context of 2020 and thereafter? Well, I think, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. And I hope all of you are safe and healthy out there. Uh, these are really unprecedented times for all of us. Uh, and uh, and, I, and I appreciate uh, having the chance to talk to you guys. Um, I think of this quote in many different ways. Uh, personally, I think it think about it for myself, for my family, for Amazon, for my employees. We talk about it often, uh, how this is a chance for us. Uh, we feel incredibly grateful in some sense and very responsible that we have a big role to play as Amazon as, as and e-commerce in this uh, world of social distancing. And even later, I think uh, the way we do our job, the way we earn trust, uh, of our customers, of our selling partners, of just this, uh, of citizens and nation, 
uh, is going to go a long way in shaping how Amazon is going to be in 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 the post uh, COVID world. Hey, Amit, if I can jump in, uh, just you made a great point about how consumer behavior is uh, poised to change because uh, trust will be a key metric of this new behavior. So, you know, how do you, uh, because you're an e-commerce uh, business, how do you look at it? Because in many ways, your customer is not visible to you, just like you are not visible to the customer. So how do you build this element of trust over a platform like e-commerce? I think, um, uh, you know, trust is a very uh, interesting thing. Uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm probably being more philosophical. It's not just e-commerce. With anything, uh, you earn trust. Uh, and you earn trust when you do the right thing, even when no one is watching you. You know, it's very easy to do the right thing when people are watching you. You know, we uh, feel that uh, we make promises to our customers and we keep promises. And that's how customers trust us. We keep them in every single transaction that we have with them, with every every engagement we have with them. For example, simple things on Amazon, you know, if you place something in your cart and the price of it reduces, we actually put a message of it saying that, look, the price of this has fallen down and, and, uh, and maybe the seller is just going to send you the balance money back to you uh, because you placed an order, uh, order for this item yesterday. Or if you just go on Amazon and let's say you've shopped for an item and you placed an order yesterday and you happen to come to the same page, we actually have a small message at the top which says, you've already purchased this item. A different company might like the idea that you're going to buy that item again in accident. We think that saving that trouble for you will go a long way to earn your trust. You can still place the order, but maybe you are just there by accident. So I think these are small actions when customer is not really expecting that from you. You do the small things and then there are bigger things. You make promises that you're going to deliver the item on a certain date and you make sure that happens. And we miss the promise. Uh, we actually make it a, a very important exercise within the company to drive a root cause, find what went wrong, fix that so that it never happens again. Uh, I think in the post-COVID world, uh, customers are going to look for that trust, the trust of safety, the trust of having the items that they need delivered to them, making sure that we hold ourselves to the promises that we make, um, uh, those would be very, very important. Amit, one of the focal areas of Amazon, and you have been talking about it, is MSMEs or the small enterprises that make up your ecosystem. How has your strategy or your program to, to scale them up changed in the world that we face now, which is the post-COVID world? Uh, are you going to speed up the whole idea of creating this ecosystem? Are you going to give them more resistance? Are you going to re-strategize? What is it that you're going to do? Uh, so our strategy has always been very focused on things that matter to customers. And we know that customers care about vast selection of products, uh, getting great value on them, and getting it delivered fast and reliably. And the way we make this happen is by providing tools to empower uh, hundreds and thousands of and millions globally of uh, selling partners, as we call them, so that they can offer anything that the customer wants. They can reduce cost of operations by using our technology and offer great value. 
and use our logistics infrastructure to deliver it fast and reliably. That's kind of the core part of our business model. So if you think about the post-COVID world, uh, our core strategy of selection, price, and convenience is more relevant than ever before. Our core strategy of empowering um, uh, uh, selling partners to serve customers from the safety of their home is more relevant than ever before. So I would say that our strategy remains the same. I think the one nuance that uh, I would probably call out that this event or this crisis has brought to the fore is we have more than six lakh sellers in the Amazon marketplace. And if you went ahead and asked them, how do they use Amazon? I would bet that most of them use Amazon to expand their reach. So they want to reach out to customers they cannot reach today in their cashment, either regionally, nationally, or globally. I think with this crisis, they would want to use us to reach their customers even locally. Uh, just because of social distancing, footfalls uh, will have to be supplemented with an online presence. And that is one of the reasons why we accelerated one of the products we have been working on for a while. We had about 5,000 sellers and uh, pilot, which we call local shops on Amazon. And that gives you tools that are fine-tuned for allowing a seller to, uh, to service customers that otherwise would have walked into the store. So it's, it allows them to both serve in their store and to serve on Amazon. So I would point that out as an example of a more recent innovation to adjust our strategy a little bit, but the core element of the strategy remains the same. Amit, if I can just uh, follow up, you know, the uh, space that you talked of, the six lakh vendors that you mentioned, they are the exactly the same people who have got squeezed, a sample of this people who got squeezed because of the demand uh, that has disappeared from the economy after the shutdown. So how has Amazon uh, dealt with this family of vendors, as it were? You know, how have you worked to kind of stabilize them and kind of hold them in there uh, till the crisis abates or now that the lockdown is being wound down? Yeah, uh, I think it is, uh, it, it is very, very uh, hard to imagine what they have been going through, uh, you know, just being completely paused, disrupted for 50 plus days. Uh, is, is very hard on any small business. Uh, you know, I think I would say the first segment of actions were very much in, in order to make sure that uh, we, we reduce the worry that they have. So, you know, many of them have products in warehouses or somewhere in the network. We wanted to make sure that they're not worried about cancellation fees. They're not worried about storage fees. We're not worried about uh, claims on their account because they haven't been able to deliver the product. So just, just the basics so that we remove those worries. Uh, and trying to make sure that working capital is accessible to them. When they were able to start, we were in constant touch with our selling partners. And I'm really impressed the support that we got from them, appreciating why this is important for the nation, why they need to stand on the sidelines for a little bit, uh, uh, while we keep uh, our citizens safe, get the essentials to them. And the people who were uh, dealing with essentials were able to jumpstart their operations and start serving them because the lockdown allowed Amazon to provide essential products to customers. Now that the lockdown has uh, uh, given the much needed relief so that they can serve all products, we've done a few things. We have reduced their fees by 50% for a period of time so that they can actually get uh, relief for a longer period while they get their business back into shape. 
we have changed some of our policies like disbursement policies to be daily disbursements because we don't want their working capital to be held for any longer than a day uh, uh, even though their products may not have reached uh, yet so we are trying to improve the cycle of uh, capital rotation for them so that the working capital is taken care of you know we started picking from all the uh, uh, stores uh, from their warehouses so we actually hired thousands of seasonal workers to add more capacity dealing with some of the labor issues that we had to get them started so that they do not have to wait for fully productive capacity to be there in place so i think these are some of the examples of actions uh, that we have taken i think at the end of the day sellers care about getting sales and getting their revenues back on track and i'm very very excited when i just look at the first two days you know we are already seeing them seeing anywhere from 50 to 100% uh rate of demand then pre covid uh so clearly there is significant pent up demand clearly customers are looking to buy products that i mean you know if you look at uh, the whole ecosystem that is evolving now everyone's talking about the new normal so asking a more larger macro question beyond just your line of business how do you see this new normal play out for a country like india where we have a lot of issues uh, relating to our ability to deliver hygiene deliver safety and all these related aspects so how do you see as a larger you know big picture on in this scenario so it is unprecedented for every nation out there and and i think for india it it gets very complex very quickly i mean we have a very high density of people uh, as you said there are uh, it, it's a very uh, vast country of many different uh, uh, cohorts of population and trying to get a singular message of safety uh, a best practices out there uh, implemented consistently is not easy and i am i'm pretty impressed uh, by uh, some of the discipline that has been shown uh, by by all the citizens but at the same time we are also hearing about all the side effects of that and it's a very hard balance to make uh, keeping life safe and retaining livelihoods and retaining our economy so it's a very tough spot uh, uh, you know uh, it's it's hard to figure out but if i just take a bigger picture view uh, you know you have got to feel optimistic that we will come out stronger you've got to feel positive that at the end of this we will probably as a society be a lot more responsible kind grateful uh, more resilient and uh, we have shown this in the past uh, so i i think you know i draw a lot of optimism from that um uh, but right now our topmost priority should be saving lives and saving livelihoods uh, i think from uh, fr- again sort of just bringing that big big picture down to the area that i am involved in i do feel e-commerce and amazon has a role to play a very important role to play to both keep life safe by meeting needs of customers at home and to jump start livelihoods uh, because it's the safest way that any any business of any size in the nation can reach out to customers while adhering to the guidelines of safety and social distancing and by the way as we uh, look at this i think there's a lot of opportunities that are going to be created uh, you know we already are talking about healthcare more than we have before uh, you know as we think about just manufacturing uh, i think uh, india will benefit quite a bit uh, to in the long run as it as it tries to position itself as a very viable 
alternative for the world. And again, as Amazon, we have a product called Global Selling that precisely targets manufacturers in India to, who intend to take their products global. So we're very excited about that opportunity. Uh, uh, and and there would be a lot of innovation that would happen in the progress, uh, you know, in terms of how people think about brands and products uh, and new services. So I'm very optimistic. I think we have to be, be patient and see see this through. Uh, but it is a tough situation and, and it will require collective action. Amit, here's a question that uh, I keep asking myself and I think I should ask you because uh, both Jeff and you have been saying this. Uh, to innovate is to fail and to fail is to innovate. Uh, how would that apply in uh, the current times that we are facing? Because unless you have a contrarian in the system, not just an innovator, you can't test a system, you can't test a business model. So how do you create the room for such creativity, which is a contrarian creativity to flourish? And do you see that happening in the present times? I think uh, uh, it's it's a lot about the culture that you have in your organization. If it's kind of, that's where you're going. And, it, you know, people need to feel comfortable with the idea of being misunderstood you know when you when you when you think about innovation you know there are lots of different pieces that come together you you need to uh, you need to be very obsessed with your customers because that allows your innovation to have a, a real adoption in my mind you know innovation is just an idea until a customer adopts it so uh, working backwards from customers matters uh, you need to have a high degree of experimentation. Uh, so you need to figure out how, whether it's, it's, it's the nation or the organization or whatever you're doing, how do you reduce the cost of experimentation? It, it, ideas cannot take uh, massive efforts to experiment. Otherwise, you won't be able to fail quite a bit. Uh, at the same time, many of those experiments would fail because an experiment is really an experiment because you don't know the outcome. Uh, you, you can't really uh, uh, try otherwise. So you need to have a culture where it is perfectly normal for people to fail and be misunderstood. Uh, and, and that failure actually teach you things that you could learn from. Uh, we will come out stronger in areas such as healthcare that are really important for the growth of this country, manufacturing, healthcare, and so on. So I, I'm very optimistic that if you take a really long-term point of view, uh, uh, there would be many experiments that would happen as we kind of get ourselves adjusted to this normal. Many of them will fail. Many of them would succeed. Uh, we need to think long term. We, we should be okay with failure as a society right now. Um, and uh, and uh, innovation uh, would thrive during this period. I, I, I think we were talking about the cohort of small businesses. I think they have a big choice in front of them. This is the time to embrace technology. This is the time to not get worried about access points of offline or online. This is a time to ask yourself, how do I serve my customers? Customers don't really care where your selection is available. They just want you to provide great selection, great value, and great convenience. And they would access you wherever you are. Uh, so I think these are the kinds of innovations that would happen that might permanently change how certain businesses come out stronger. Um, and I'm very optimistic about it, personally. Amit, one last question before we conclude. And uh, upfront, let me thank you for joining the main campaign.
and uh, giving your views and enriching the campaign that we have triggered off uh, in the hope of finding better solutions for India Inc. So before we conclude, here's the question that when I started uh, and spoke about Jeff Bezos and the idea of defining yourself or strengthening yourself or destroying yourself, are uh, defining yourself or redefining yourself and strengthening yourself are two complementary ideas or they, they are opposites? Uh, do you, you can only strengthen your core, but to redefine, you need to think of something different altogether. Would you like to shed light on that? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, we talked about innovation. Um, uh, uh, you know, many of the things that we talk about, I mean, just as society, right? I mean, uh, we could just redefine ourselves as a society in how we uh, think about uh, respect and gratefulness as an example. I mean, uh, uh, even the last 55 days of shutdown, I'm sure all of us have probably asked ourselves, do we really need to consume so much? Uh, and, and what's the right responsible consumption? You know, how could we help other people? So I think just as, as human beings, uh, there's a lot of things that uh, we might be thinking about that would redefine who we are. Uh, same with companies. And I was, I was listening to somebody's interview about uh, the airline industry in India, and and the person said, uh, you know, there is this group that is thinking about freight because that's more important than passenger travel right now, and and they're re re really redefining themselves in the short term as a freight business. Uh, so I think that kind of uh, flexibility, uh, uh, you know, uh, is important uh, to both come out stronger. And 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 by the way, in this process, they would find. Uh, that they are able to look at cost structures in different ways that makes them a better airline uh, when they do come out norm, uh, to be normal through this experience. So I think coming out stronger, uh, uh, trying out uh, you know, completely different ideas that are really driven by the current crisis where your customers need you could just redefine who you are. And as far as Amazon goes, we are really hopeful that an idea like local shops would help the local stores redefine themselves from being either an offline store or a corner store to just be a place that serves customers, uh, no matter where the customers are. And I feel that that kind of embracing the technology uh, might just completely leapfrog the whole uh, idea of whether something is online and offline to uh, being a customer obsessed uh, business. Uh, we are very optimistic that uh, manufacturers might just embrace things like global selling and just redefine themselves as global brands uh, because uh, they would think of this as a great opportunity for them to serve the whole world, not just India, as they think about dealing with the constraint of lower footfalls in India for the short term. So I think there are constraints, there are challenges, but there are opportunities hidden in those challenges. And I feel the people who would actually look out for those opportunities, embrace them, accept the normal, uh, but be resilient, uh, embrace the opportunity, go after it, at the end of the day will come out significantly stronger. And, and when this all is dusted and done, it would be because we will have a vaccine. So the good news is there is, a, there is an end date to this. It's not something that we have to live forever. Uh, uh, the choices that we make in the next 
few months are really going to define who we are as individuals, as society, as organization, as business, and as a nation. Thank you, Amit. Thank you on behalf of Team Mint and the campaign Pivot of Parish. And we wish you and Team Amazon all the best. Thank you. Thank you and stay safe and healthy. Um, so that was uh, Amazon's Amit Agarwal sharing his insight on what businesses can possibly do to tackle the crisis. He said that it is perfectly fine to be misunderstood. We will continue the conversation with our guests here this evening. And on that note, let me bring in Vinay again to take the conversation ahead. Let me say that we are very glad to have the guests here. And I'm looking forward to a lot of ideas. So let me first go to Meena. And uh, as a serial entrepreneur with a very high risk appetite, I would want to ask her that, is this going to be the era of the cautious entrepreneur or the reluctant entrepreneur? That's a very good question, Vinay. Um, what I'd like to perhaps take one step back and say, um, all these changes that we are seeing, what does it mean for an entrepreneur? Uh, what is the expectation that the board, the investors, and the world as such have from an entrepreneur? How has that changed? And then we'll talk about what is um, what, how is the risk appetite of an um, entrepreneur or of an investor is changing. So if you look at till recently, um, an entrepreneur um, has been lauded for their ability to think completely out of the box, for being very aggressive in growth, for growth at all costs, for finding newer and newer um, uh, horizons to conquer. So literally to be the warrior and Alexander the Great and going and conquering new, uh, new regions is what the expectation from an uh, entrepreneur is. But that, I think, uh, currently what we, the, the, the crisis that we are facing is obviously uh, showing as a mirror that this is not what we need from an entrepreneur now. So the entrepreneur, the leader, and which I am, and um, while I may have also be a, um, a promoter in a number of other companies, but I lead my company, Portia Medical, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO. So I know from both the perspectives that today the expectation is, uh, in many sectors, is how do you minimize your um, uh, minimize your burn? How do you make sure that you can survive? How do you make sure that as the changes in customer behavior, customers' requirement, environment come about, how do you still remain relevant to the population or to the target audience that you are serving? Or are there new um, new target audiences and new solutions that you need to come come up with? So the expectation from the entrepreneur has changed drastically, um, which requires that uh, as an investor. As a board member, you provide appropriate support to the entrepreneur to now learn, in some cases, learn these new skills because they haven't been in this kind of situation. Some of the more seasoned entrepreneurs, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years and I've gone through cycles, I've gone through companies which ran out of money, I've gone through 9-11, I've gone through uh, 2008, so I've gone through multiple challenges. So some degree of maturity is there, but somebody who's just been on the go-go-go um, kind of a growth path, and needs to really sit back and say, now what do you do when things don't really go, go, go in the growth path? So that, there, is a, there is something that all of us have to sit and take a little bit of a breather and say, what is the right thing to do in this kind of moment? This was Alivement Production, brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. 
Monumental savings event is happening now at Unclaimed Freight Furniture. Shop an unmatched selection of styles now 20% off. Plus, take time to pay with five years no interest financing. Fine guaranteed lowest prices on home accents starting at just $129. Doorbuster living room finds over 40% off. Can't miss marble dining sets under $700. Plus, thousands off complete bedroom additions. Hurry to shop these monumental savings in-store at Unclaimed Freight Furniture or shop now at unclaimedfreightfurniture.com.